0: Welcome in. It's the Mostly Magic Podcast. Jake Chapman here with you. We've got just a few days until the NBA draft. And today, a deep dive into who the odds makers, at least, think will be the top selection. The Magic, of course, with the number one pick in this year's draft. Jabari Smith Jr. forward out of Auburn. His workout was last week. We got a chance to talk to him. Um, I think you know, it's obviously going to be one of these three players, I think, between Paolo and Jabari and Chet. I have no idea. I think I think it feels like it's coming down to Chet or Jabari. That's at least uh, what people in the know will tell you. But what I can say as a team employee is I have absolutely no idea. Um, And I do think you can make a really good case for all three of these guys. It's been really fun talking to people who covered these guys um, and know them a little bit more intimately. And just getting kind of an idea of who Jabari is, who Chet is, who Paolo is. Um, And anybody who covered Jamari Smith Jr. will tell you this guy is all business. And I think we saw that a bit during his workout last week and afterwards. Really, really um, engaging. And it was really enlightening for me to get a chance to talk to him because I hadn't heard him talk that much. You know, um, they do such a great job, the programs and management teams and agents, kind of keeping these guys under lock and key this time of year, making sure they're controlling any sort of a message. And so we got 10 minutes to talk to Jabari last week, and it was great. Um, Really impressive young man, obviously a really impressive prospect. His father was a pro, um, Jabari Smith, for, I believe, four years in the NBA. But this guy, look, he's forward out of Auburn, um, just turned 19, 6'10", 210 pounds, a jump shot that's reminding people of Richard Lewis or um, or even Dirk Nowitzki or Jason Tatum. Um, he's got a jumper that's really, really difficult to defend because he's 6'10", um, and he has this sort of massive wingspan. He averaged 17 points a game last year, shot 43.6% from three-point range. That is a figure that will put um, hearts in the eyes of NBA executives across the league. Uh, and by the way, he shot 163 Three pointers, so uh, not exactly a small sample size either. Almost seven rebounds a game, one block shot. He's got a lot of potential defensively, moving his feet. Um, look, blocking shots, rim protection, I think that's probably something you can work on on that end. And then offensively, there are some concerns about his ability to create off the dribble, um, but this guy's a bucket, man. I mean, he is a great perimeter shooter, and with his size, he can get that jumper off, a little bit of a fade, um, that turnaround jumper. Uh, it's almost unblockable. So a very unique prospect. And we talked with both uh, the Auburn men's basketball play-by-play voice. His name is Andy Burcham. And then also Tom Green does a great job covering Auburn men's basketball uh, for Alabama.com. It's AL.com. And you can follow Andy on Twitter. It's at AndyBurcham04. And we'll start with our interview with Andy Burcham, the Auburn men's basketball play-by-play about Jabari Smith Jr. And welcome in. It's the Mostly Magic podcast, the Jabari cast. Jake Chapman here with you. We're diving into Jamari Smith Jr. Um, obviously going to be one of the top three picks in Thursday's draft. Could very well be the Orlando Magic selection with the first pick. And to discuss Jabari a little bit, Andy Bertram joins me now. He is the voice of Auburn men's basketball, football, baseball, women's basketball going back to 1988. Is that right, Andy? How long have you been three. on campus here at Auburn?
1: Uh, 1988 was my first year on campus, and I started then doing women's basketball, and I did that for, for uh, 31 years before I assumed this role. I've uh, been doing baseball for 28 years, but uh, for the last three on football and men's basketball.
0: Um, it, just just take me through that real fast. I mean, I, we were joking a little off air. If, if you want to do high-level collegiate sports, there ain't many better places in Auburn, Alabama. I mean, they keep you busy, I'm sure, but just with where Coach Pearl has taken the program – Football, obviously, is always there. You're in Omaha right now for the College World Series. I mean, it's an exciting time to be an Auburn fan and broadcaster, I would think.
1: It is. And it's a job that I've, um, I've wanted for a long, long time. i worked for, really, for my entire career, a job like, like the one that I have here at Auburn. And um, I took over from my friend, Rod Bramblett, who was killed in an auto accident a little over three years ago. And um, while I think about Rod every time that I step into the broadcast booth. And this would have been a time here at the World Series that he would have dearly loved because he and I started together doing baseball. And um, so, yeah, thrilled to be here, but looking forward to the month of July. That's when my one month, when, when when my wife and I got married in 2004, I said, July, I can guarantee you, I won't be doing any games. <laughs> so that's when we got married was July.
0: Wonderful. Well, hopefully you guys will be celebrating uh, a College World Series championship. I think that would probably be, uh nice little uh, anniversary gift there for you. Absolutely. The of the month of July. Andy, let me ask you real quick about Coach Pearl. He's he's taking the basketball program to 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 such heights, you know, really never before seen or at least you got to go back a long ways. Um, what's it like covering him? What's it, what what's his energy like? Is it as is it as um As much as it looks like from the outside looking in.
1: (laughs) It it is genuine. And it's not just on game day that that he's like that. That he is that kind of he brings that kind of energy to everything that he does with Auburn men's basketball and to Auburn University in general. He is a great ambassador for the university and the athletic department. It's it's remarkable what he's done. And and Jake, what what and I've I mentioned this when I go out and speak to to various Auburn groups and, and others, I think the job that he has done at Auburn, um, taking over, he took over a program that was really in shambles and what he has done, I think is one of the greatest coaching jobs in Auburn history, not just Mm -hmm. basketball in any sport to what he has done and the heights that he's taken it to now with two regular season sec championships an SEC tournament championship and a Final Four trip. I mean, they, they, this is, that's unpre- unprecedented what he has done, and uh, I won't be surprised if he doesn't make an appearance here in Omaha to support the Auburn baseball team. Uh, that that's what he has done in the past, and um, he he's a remarkable man and has done a great job. and 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 Auburn Auburn knows that and signed him basically to a lifetime contract this past winter uh, to basically wrap him up for the rest of his career to, to be Auburn's basketball coach.
0: feels like it just keeps sort of checking those boxes, right? You get to the number one team uh, in the country and you bring in, you know, first round talent, like a guy like Chumo Kiki, who we know very well here. Um, And it just sort of keeps on elevating. And now basically you're, you're left with a national championship. And I got a feeling that might be coming sooner than later. One of those boxes, when you get to that level is a talent like Jabari who is really, you know, sort of on a different level. Even then, a guy maybe like Chumo Okiki. How quickly did, did you guys realize? Okay, we have a, a top five pick. We have a potential number one pick on campus here. Was it was it right away? Obviously, he didn't come out of nowhere, but but you know, pretty quickly, um, people around the country started noticing. Was it was it that quick for you guys?
1: Yes, indeed, we knew we knew immediately that he was going to be a one and done guy. Yeah, and it didn't take long to realize that he was going to be if not the number one pick, one of a lottery pick. And just the way that Jabari went about his business on campus was was truly intriguing for me to watch how he worked out. I mean, he did everything with a purpose. And we knew he would be here for one year. But he gave it his all for one year at Auburn. And while we all knew that he was working to, you know, just a couple days from now in this NBA draft, uh, it was important to him what Auburn did in his one year on campus. And uh, he was I, – I, I, several times throughout the year in broadcasts, I just said, listen, folks, enjoy him while he's here because he's truly a special player. And Bruce Pearl has said this. It's the one time in his career where he knew going into every game that Auburn played, he was going to be coaching the very best player on the floor, wow. regardless of the team. Yep. And that was Jabari Smith who did it as a true freshman at Auburn.
0: We got a chance to talk to him last week. He's a, a very impressive young man. He was a little more um, outspoken than I expected because, you know, even between him and Chad and, and almost all these guys these days, there's, they're under lock and key. I mean, it, you know, whether it's the university or agents or their teams or management, um, you know, it, it, everything is very well calculated and sort of, formulated this time of year. Um, so I haven't heard Jabari talk that much. And we got nine minutes of unbarnished Jabari and he's fantastic. And he, you know, he, he looked at that. And some of this stuff is, you know, 19 year olds, you can only, only look so far, but he looked us all dead in our eye and and, and, and answered the questions um, with more than a handful of words, you know, he, he clearly had been coached up. But sometimes I think, you know, if, if your father played pro, um, that's, you, you, this stuff isn't going to be too big for you. And it felt like he was, he was business oriented. I know for a fact during his workout, um, based on what I heard afterwards that he was locked in and, you know, he, uh, a missed jumper. He was, he, he was frustrated. I mean, the kid was working, he was treating it like, um, the biggest job interview of his life. And, you know, you would think that would be an obvious, everybody would do that. That's not necessarily the case, Andy. With some of these guys, he took it seriously. It doesn't seem like any of this is too big for him.
1: I, I watched him a lot in pregame warmups before games. Just watched how he went about what he was going to do before the game. And I could always tell that there was a purpose. Not only was he getting ready for this game, but he was getting ready for his career. Mm. Um, just watching him even go through the layup line. It wasn't a lot of goofing around. I mean, he really enjoyed his teammates at Auburn and his time in college. But just to watch him, and he would do some extra stuff, just running. And you could tell that he's he's been trained well, knowing what, what is coming to him. He was always a great interview with us. He was always available to us, win, lose, or draw. And I think he's had folks work with him. I mean, we're in a day and age where that happens. Sure. And I don't, think, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And he's taken advantage of it. Um, there were times when, when he got to campus, they had a, something called the breakfast club that he started. And he would come in five, six o'clock in the morning just to shoot. And that was just Jabari. And then some of the other guys started to come in with him to shoot. And I talked, Joe Champion was the longtime women's basketball coach at Auburn. He's in the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. And from time to time, Joe will do color commentary on our radio broadcasts. And uh, he and I were sitting at practice one day watching and he And we were just talking, it was preseason, he was talking about the team. And you could tell there was a great deal of talent. He says, I don't see the dog out there right now. What he meant was, who's the leader? Mm-hmm. Who's the guy that's going to step up and lead this team? And he went to the Bahamas with us. Auburn played in the Bahamas uh, right before or during the Thanksgiving break. And Joe did the color on that. And we watched Jabari play. And I think it was, that was a time where Auburn took a big step forward. It lost a double overtime game to, U, to UConn and then beat Loyola and then uh, won a, a big game at the end against Syracuse. And at one point, Auburn was getting the ball in a zone to Jabari in the middle of that zone, and he just took over the game. Yeah. And at one point, Joe looked at me and he said, Auburn has his dog right now. And that was meant as a complete compliment because of what Jabari Smith could do. And there were some seniors on this team, and there was some good leadership on this team. But when Auburn needed the big basket, Jabari wasn't afraid to take it. And most of the time, he made that play as a true freshman, and you just don't see that very often as a true freshman coming out and and doing what he did this season for Auburn.
0: That's fantastic. Um, that's great stuff. Great anecdote. And you know, there's and you know this, I'm sure as well as anybody. And and you this you can run into trouble as far as um, as far as the college game goes with this stuff when your best player is your leader. That's that's a good place to be. A lot of times, especially on a, on a college team, you got the the 19 year old, but then your leaders are. You're, you're super, super seniors, and it, sometimes it doesn't work out out on the floor. If you can defer to a guy out on the floor and on the bench and in the locker room, that's a good place to be, and I'm sure that's a a feather in the cap of Jabari moving forward.
1: No question about it. And and Auburn had very good leadership and will have a lot of leadership coming back. Um, and and listen, Auburn was blessed to have two first-round picks. Yeah, It will be the first time in Auburn's history that there will be two first-round picks on a team because Walker Kessler, who transferred – to Auburn from North Carolina, uh, will be a first-round pick, certainly further down than Jabari. And they made each other better. I mean, Jabari had a seven-footer at the rim and a guy that led the country in blocked shots at the rim. So if, if someone actually got by he or someone else, there was a guy that was going to protect the rim. Uh, there was a great deal of talent on this team this year, but Jabari was far and away the best guy out there, uh, the National Freshman of the Year. All those accolades... And those, you know what, that probably doesn't mean a whole lot to the folks with the Magic or anyone else in this draft that are making that pick right now. Because we all know that they're going to go, they're doing a deep dive on these guys. Uh, not only how they are on the on the playing floor, how they are in practice, how they are away from practice, how they are away from the team. Um, and, and I think Jabari just checks all those. And And, you know, with, with the Magic's pick, Goodness gracious. I mean, there's some great talent. I don't don't think they make a bad pick with this number one pick, whether it's Chet, whether it's Jabari um, at this point, whether it's Paolo. I mean, those are three great talents. But you've already got one Auburn guy there in Chumo Okiki, who you thought highly enough of to draft when he had an injured knee and couldn't even play for you for a year. And we saw what he started to do this year for the Magic. And then you're going to have a guy, if if it's Jabari, that, that comes in and I think will help the Magic right away.
0: It's a, you bring up a great point, too. I just want to go back real quick to, the, to the, um, the pregame routine. I've talked to a lot of scouts around the league, Andy, and that stuff means a lot. It, sure. it, it, when they see guys out there goofing, and then you get them in for the interview, and it's, you know, do we need to pull you out of the gym or do we need to pull you into the gym each day? That stuff all goes hand in hand, and the idea of finding a gym rat, and the one thing I do know about those three guys at the top of the draft, Andy, is these three guys are hoopers. Uh, yeah. bet- between Chet and Paulo and Jabari. I don't think you got to worry about any of that stuff. And I do think it's always easier, and I'll go back to Jabari's father, when you have somewhat of that pedigree. I remember Donovan Mitchell when he was coming out. And the, the kid you know grew up in the Mets locker room because his father was an executive for the New York Mets. He grew up with David Wright and Jose Reyes. And we're sitting there wondering if he's going to be able to handle being a pro. I think he's done okay. So... Um, it's always good to have sort of that background and um, and those voices in your ear who can help you guide you through this process. It, it can be very, very complicated. You mentioned Kessler. Um, what kind of a player do you think at the next level is it going to be a key to have Jabari next to? Is it going to be a point guard? I think probably a question about Jabari is his his dribble drive, his penetration skills. Can he create? Uh, with the ball in his hands, there's no questions about his shooting skills at all. And not many questions about him on the defensive end. What do you think would be a good compliment? What's a good fit to make sure you have next to Jabari so he can ease his transition a little bit?
1: Well, I think anybody that has an outstanding point guard that, that can distribute the ball and kind of run the offense is, is a plus yeah. I, for, for anybody, sure. Jabari or any other player. That's the Boston Celtics, right? <laughs> sure, Absolutely. <laughs> Um, I just don't know if we've, we've seen that part of Jabari's game yet because we didn't need to see that right, part of right. Jabari's game at Auburn. Auburn was blessed to have a couple really good, not outstanding world beater type point guards, but really good solid point guards that, that could get him the ball. And we saw him take the ball to the rack probably a little bit more at the end of the season than we did at the beginning of the season. And we saw him assert himself a little bit more down the stretch of the season. I think of two big dunks and now listen, I know dunks are a dime a dozen when it comes to the NBA, but two just emphatic dunks and, and they took place in the first round of the NCAA tournament against Jacksonville State after he missed a three pointer and Auburn was about to put the game away. He got the ball and drove and it was just it was a huge moment for Jabari and for Auburn because that, that put that game away. Yeah. And he did the same thing against Mississippi State in Starkville in a game that clinched Auburn's share of the SEC championship game, a game that went into overtime, and, uh, and Auburn came back and, and won that game. And he had one of those kind of plays where he got the ball and was just very forceful in driving to the basket. And listen, I know in the NBA it's, it's a different level all the way around as far as, especially the guys that play in the middle of the NBA. I just I just don't know if we've seen that part of his game yet. I think he possesses anything he needs to do in the NBA. And listen, I'm a guy that watched him. I, I got to call his games for one year and I wear the orange and blue glasses, but I've never seen a player like Jabari Smith, certainly a guy that is as young as he is and whomever he goes to, whether it's the Magic or someone else, those fans... Your fans should be absolutely thrilled to get a guy like Jabari Smith because he checks all the boxes in my book.
0: Yeah. And, and, and let's close on that because that's the one thing that, you know, I'm trying to picture him. And, of course, we try to do the comparisons. And is he, you know, can he be Jason Tatum? Can he be Harrison Barnes? I and, and I, we don't need to do that because I think it's a, a pointless exercise. But I'm, I can picture him very easily, very quickly transitioning to you getting the ball on the elbow and, you know, one, one dribble and a fadeaway and he's going to get a good look and um, he's going to get a good look at a mid-range too. I can picture him spotting up very easily. I can't picture him, and I did watch a lot of him, you know, create running pick and roll with the ball in his hands. I think he's able to do that, but like you said, it's just not a spot that Coach Pearl necessarily needed him in and it wasn't a spot maybe that was, was uh, going to utilize him best at this point in his career, do you, can he do that? Do you think at some point in his career, can he have the ball in his hands yes. and then pick and roll? Cause we know that's all they ever really do at the next level um, and creating for his teammates, probably take a few years, obviously like it would for anybody, but do you think that's in there?
1: I do. I do think it's in there. I don't think there's anything that he cannot do mm. just, and, and, and the reason I say that is because watching him and how he approaches what will become now his career in the NBA. He works hard. He works, he works hard on his own. It's not just during practice. I've got a feeling this guy is going to be watching film. Um, he possesses that fadeaway jumper, Then we saw that a lot. He possesses that dagger type three uh, that, that we saw a lot at Auburn. And he may not be the pick-and-roll guy right now, but I think Jabari can do anything that he needs to do. And if that's the next part of his game to work on, you can bet that Jabari Smith's going to be working on that with his dad looking over his shoulder doing it. His dad's a, a huge part of his life, and that's terrific to see. And I just, I yes, I do think that he has that in him if that's the next step that he needs to take in the NBA. Absolutely. I, I, I don't put anything past Jabari Smith at this point.
0: Last thing, um, either Jabari the player or Jabari the person. Tell me something that we probably don't know about him. A little factoid.
1: I wish you'd have given me that question first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's the kid uh, like? I mean, what's his personality like? Is he? Well, in-
1: you know, th- there are times where you can tell he's still one year out of high school. Right. <laughs> I mean, just, just his personality. Yeah. You know? Well, he'll uh, fit in great then with, with in Orlando because I feel sure. like all of our guys are about 20 yeah. years old. <laughs> I, I think he will fit in very well with any team he plays for, whether it's a young team where he's just one of the guys or whether he's – you know, the the youngster on a team that has veterans that he can learn from. I, Mm. um, he, he's a, he's a delightful young man to be around. Uh, He's funny and he is a leader as well on a ball club. And I don't know if that's something he's going to need to be right off the bat in the NBA, but he possesses that characteristic. And I don't know if that comes from his dad or the coaches that he's had, but he has that ability. Uh, And he's pretty funny kid too. I think uh, whomever he gets, if it's there in Orlando, I think you will enjoy being around Jabari Smith. He was, and listen, he had it. He was pulled in many different directions in this first year at Auburn, as far as the media contingent and that type of thing. Uh, and he was always there with a smile. And um, I, I can't wait to watch him, whether it's the Magic or anyone. I can't wait to watch and say, "Yep, I called his games for one year at Auburn."
0: Uh, it's fantastic. Great stuff. Great information, Andy. I certainly appreciate the time. He's Andy Burcham, the voice of Auburn sports. Basically he's on Twitter at a Burcham. 4 That's B-U-R-C-H-A-M. H A M o four. Andy, thanks so much for taking the time. Best of luck in the college world series Thank and you. enjoy July.
1: <laughs> I will certainly enjoy July, Jake. Thanks for the visit. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Andy Burcham, Jake Chapman here with you. The Jabari cast rolls along back in a minute. And a big thanks, of course, to Andy. We'll move on. We chatted with Tom Green on Twitter, at Tomas underscore Verde. That's Tomas underscore Verde. Tom Green does a phenomenal job covering the uh, uh, Auburn men's basketball team for AL.com. Take a listen. It's a Mostly Magic podcast. Jake Chabin here with you. The Jabari cast rolls along a deep dive into Jabari Smith Jr. And for a little more on him... We speak with Tom Green, a Florida boy, Miami uh, native, uh, University of Florida graduate, and he covers Auburn men's basketball uh, for AL.com. He's on Twitter at Tomas underscore Verde. Uh, That would be Tom Green, I think, probably. This uh, is the application there in Spanish. Tom, how are you? Thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate
2: it. Doing pretty good. Just here in uh, beautiful Omaha, Nebraska right now for the College World Series, but always glad to talk some Auburn basketball on Jabari Smith.
0: Yeah, right on. Um, congrats to Auburn for uh, for the trip. By the way, like, okay, once uh te- i was just looking at this. Once Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC, six of the eight teams in the College World Series will be SEC teams. Like, I, that just doesn't even. Really yeah, to- <laughs> yeah,
2: it's uh, pretty crazy. I think this. I think this is the third time since 2015 that half of the College World Series field has been from the SEC. So. Uh, yeah. Pretty impressive for, for that conference right
0: now. I, I would think we could just have it in Atlanta or Tuscaloosa or something like that. Make it easier on everybody. <laughs> but, yeah. but but Omaha it is tradition is tradition. Uh, well, I appreciate you taking some time. I know you guys uh, are slammed with all that going on. It's a very busy time of year. And of course, same down here. We've got less than a week now until the NBA draft and the magic selecting first overall this year. Um, all indicators are that it'll be one of three Chet, Holmgren, Paulo, Vanquero, or of course Jabari Smith Jr. And we saw Jabari; he was in for his workout last week here in Central Florida. Got a chance to talk to him—good ten minutes with the media. We don't exactly have a giant media horde down here, Tom, uh, in Central right. Florida, but it was it was good to get the kid in front of us. And it was um, it was sort of enlightening for me. You know, uh, I was telling Andy Burcham, with these these everything is so formulated and well calculated with these kids in, in in the universities and how much exposure we get and especially this time of year um just getting a good 10 minutes and talking to the kid i felt like i learned a lot about him just tell me about your impressions of jabari the 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 person jabari the um the the kid the prospect um and it it seemed to me that this is all nowhere near too big for him he seems ready for what this process entails and it could be a whole lot of crap for lack of a better word
2: yeah. I mean, I, I've been impressed from Jabari since day one when he got on campus last summer. Um, you know, you, you could tell obviously just seeing him off the bat that, you know, this was a future NBA player. Um, you know, even, even without looking at, you know, him coming in as the number five player in the country out of high school, top rated recruit in Auburn history. Um, you know, you, you could tell that he just had something about him. And then you see him on the court and man, everything just looks so effortless with him that, that shot like, he, you know, an 18-year-old should not be six foot ten, six eleven, and have that kind of effortless, smooth perimeter shot. It's it's beautiful, <laughs> to be quite honest. Um, but you know, just the way he's handled everything. I mean, the spotlight has been on him since he stepped on campus, um, and you know, it, it was never too big for him. Um, you know, he never shied away from it. Uh, you know, he, as far as I know, he he never turned down. Uh, you know, media requests. Um, and, you know, there were lots of those this year, not just for him, but this team, you know, as they went to, you know, number one in the country and had two All-Americans on there. and um, But, you know, he had obviously had a very busy schedule, just all the requests, everything coming in. He always obliged, and he was just always a pleasure to talk to. And then, you know, you see him on the court and then deliver and not just, you know, live up to the expectations and the hype that he came in with, but oftentimes exceeding them throughout the year and, you know, carrying the team to a number two seed in the NCAA tournament and an SEC regular season championship, and you know, 19 straight wins at one point in the season. I mean, everything he did was just super impressive for you know an 18 year old. And you and you know, you could tell that you know he's got that in his blood. Obviously, his dad uh, played in the league, and you know, his dad trained him growing up, and you know, kind of prepared him for all this. And uh, you know, just total package that kid was this last year.
0: You mentioned, um, and I asked Andy this as well: just sort of how quickly you realize, like, okay, this kid's the real deal. It's not like he came in unheralded, but may- maybe not quite as much as Chet and Paolo? You know, and, and I think probably the matchup uh, what in Vegas at the beginning of the season did a lot for those guys' profiles. Um, but everybody, I think, had an idea about those two, even even maybe even before the season started. Jabari was it was right up there in that class of prospect, but you never quite know. Everybody thinks like there's never any, any short things. Um, it was it was pretty damn quick of anybody getting their eyes on Jabari that it was like, okay, this is going to be a top three or five pick probably.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, and I think part of the reason he might have gone, you know, maybe a little bit overlooked over those other two guys was you know, because he went to Auburn. Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. You, you, you don't think of Auburn as, you know, this, they're certainly not a traditional powerhouse. They're, they're a new blood. You know, they, they've obviously had a lot of success under Bruce Pearl and, you know, they've produced more draft picks in the last few years. Um, but, you know, a top five player in the country doesn't go to auburn (laughs) yeah jabari you know you know they had a good relationship with him you know from when he was i think in like eighth grade or so um i believe his aau coach uh was the father of jared harper who was the starting point guard on auburn's final four team a few years ago um you know so, so they had a really strong bond with him for years and you know very fortunate that he happened to be from the atlanta area and You know Bruce Pearl and that staff have recruited Atlanta incredibly well. It's just you know 100 miles up the road, uh, real easy to get to, real talent rich area. Um, but yeah, you know, like you said, it didn't take long for people to realize that this kid was special and you know kind of had what it takes to be in that conversation for the number one pick. Yeah, God, you I mean you
0: can build a championship program with just Atlanta kids these days. I mean we've got two of them in Chuma Okiki and Wendell Carter Jr. and Jabari did mention he's he's got relationships obviously with Chuma, but with Wendell right. as well. Um, it's a, are <laughs> just pumping kids out every year. And, you know, this is a good example with, with Auburn, you know, last year it was what JT Thor and Sheree Cooper. That was like a down mm-hmm. year and Shreve Cooper was a pretty highly recruited kid. Um, and then with Kessler, with Walker Kessler, the transfer, they're going to have two first on picks this year. Uh, and a likely, I would say top two pick. I'm, I'm pretty sure Jabari doesn't make it past number three. I'm not sure what, um, what way the wind's blowing as far as, as far as where we're headed right now, but um, it seems like he's, he's certainly in the running. And it, obviously if you check, you know, the odds makers and every website, mm-hmm. um, he's the odds on favorite as of right now. Yeah.
2: I, uh, I, I was, I was in the air traveling here yesterday when he had a, a zoom availability with a bunch of media. I saw, um, I, I wasn't on that call, I was, you know, in the plane, but I that he said, you know, he only worked out for the magic and the thunder because he didn't see himself falling past number two. Yep. <laughs> Yeah.
0: And, uh, and and wisely. So um, and I know, look, everybody was you know, like I said, I, I got a chance to watch a, a bit of the workout. I was impressed with just how seriously he was taking mm-hmm. it, which I mean, you would think obviously it's the biggest job interview of his life. But, you know, he, he missed a shot and he was frustrated when he missed a shot that he thought he should be making. And we asked him afterwards and he mentioned that Coach Mosley said, you know, you, you got to stay even keel in this league. But I but I, I think probably that you, you want to make sure that you have a guy who is taking it that seriously. And, who, who you know, I want to scale a guy back and say, control your emotions a little bit rather than have to, to rev a guy up. Um, and he seems like a guy who who does a good job of controlling his emotions. But you you understand when you watch him play that there's that fire burning underneath. You know, he is a competitor first and foremost. He's not going to sort of fly off the handle, um, but you're going to sort of see in his body language that, he expects this this level out of himself. So I think that's a good thing to have.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Everything he does on the court, he does with intention. Right. Um, and you know, he he really locks in uh really well. Um, you know, you can like you said, he has that fire in him. Um, I, I'm sure if you ask a lot of his teammates um who the who the biggest trash talker on the team was, he'd be right up there. Um, like that. That's good. Uh but like you, you don't expect him to be that type of player, but you know, he'll he'll jaw at you and if you you know try to get under his skin, he's going to go at you. Um, I'm trying to remember what game it was. He had one game this year where he just like completely took over. And I think he hit, you know, three or four shots in a row and the other team called a timeout. And, you know, his teammates are just like trying to mob him as he's coming to the bench. And like, he's just staring blankly, like into this middle space. Like you could tell that like, didn't care what was going on around him. He was just locked in. And like, I like it, that. It, it, he, he is that dude. Um, yeah, and I mean, he he has that ability to just take over games and, you know, has that fire in him and that drive. Like, he wants to beat the best that there is. What
0: did you see from him defensively? Um, Scouts love the the high-end potential as far as moving your feet on the perimeter. Um, That was one of the things that I was watching. You know, he – I think the one knock offensively is – with the ball in his hand, sort of creating, I think everybody's comfortable with him, with him shooting. But with that said, if it's not like he's clunky, moving his feet, especially if you watch him on the defensive end, Um, he can slide pretty well. He can recover pretty well. He's everything he does. looks like it's with intention. It looks like he's locked in, um, at that end. And so that at least gives me, you know, the thought process that at some point the handle is probably going to come if he's able to move. And if he's quick enough, um it'll it'll just be a matter of sort of sticking with it and and figuring out angles and things like that um
2: athletically we'll start on the defensive end what's what's the ceiling there i I think he could be you know not necessarily an elite uh defender but i think he can be you know a high quality defender you know at that four position um you know he, he he played strong defense this year um yeah, you know, obviously it helps having a, a guy like Walker Kessler right. have your back. So you know, you, you can take chances. Like you you know that Walker's gonna be a guy that's there to, you know, kind of help erase any of those mistakes that you guys have. So um it's it's kinda hard to tell just how good he was defensively because what he had, you know, alongside him there. But you know, he, he was a really solid defender. You know, you, you gotta like that length that he has. Obviously, he's got some good footwork and you know, there's the effort is there and that that's one thing you know, with Bruce Pearl's teams at Auburn, like the effort is going to be there on defense or else you're not going to be in that rotation. Um, so uh, obviously, you know, he 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 knows how to lock in defensively. Um, I think there is potential there for uh, some improvement for him to be like a really high quality defender at this next level. All
0: right, so let's do the other side. The, the um, ball handling and the creation, you know, at some point if he's going to be a top two pick, People are going to expect to be able to give him the ball in the fourth quarter and, and he's going to have to create. And I think actually, you know, I see some comparisons and it's not, I don't think it's out of the realm. Um, I don't think it's crazy to compare him to Jason Tatum. And look, Jason Tatum is one of the best players in the league, but I think we saw the, the, the warts if any on his game are when you hand him the ball, it can be really easy for a defense to kind of gang up on him. He doesn't have that sort of natural playmaking creation ability and with that said if 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 Jabari Smith ends up being Jason Tatum I think everybody will be happy Um, but if but if we're going through and we're nitpicking um at some point will he be able to have the ball in his hands and run pick and roll and create for his teammates or is that kind of a long ways off
2: no I mean I I don't think it's too far off um you know he wasn't asked to you know be the primary ball handler a lot this season you know they, they had a you know, three really good guards in that backcourt that they trusted to run that offense. But, you know, there, there were times where, you know, you could put the ball in his hand and know that he was going to go get a bucket. Um, you know, I, I think you're right, though. Uh, you know, you'd like to see some more playmaking off the dribble from him. Um, but I, I think certainly that, you know, the skill set is there. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, kind of untapping it a little bit more and, you know, kind of making that something that he needs to do or something that you need to ask of him because um, it wasn't always asked of him to, you know, create off the dribble because of what else they had on that team.
0: What would you say is like the ideal spot for him on the floor offensively get him the ball in this sort of a set or at the elbow extended and let him sort of ISO two dribbles. Is he, he I'm picturing Dirt Nowitzki, right? And he's one of the greatest offensive players ever, but when, yeah. when Dirk was operating in that spot, he had the jumper that you just couldn't defend, and I saw Jabari do a lot of uh, of sort of similar stuff in his one season at Auburn. Do you can you picture him, you know, not being Dirk Nowitzki, but um, operating in a, the same sort of
1: profile?
2: Yeah, I mean, you you, you get him that ball on kind of that mid post, um, kind of or even along the baseline. Just his his turnaround jumper was automatic. Like you, 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 there were so many times like coming out of a timeout or another team was making a run. You're like, okay auburn's about to go to jabari in the mid post here and he's going to make that turnaround and just kind of you know quiet things down and you know settle things down and get the ship straight and and you know that that was his sweet spot um obviously a really effective three-point shooter for his size i mean he, he shot over 40 percent from three when and you know 40 42 percent uh overall on the year um but yeah no i i so it's funny you mentioned the dirt thing because i feel like there were so many times this season where you know several of us on you know the press row there at auburn arena um you know kind of just looked over each other it's like man that, that's such a Dirk shot <clears throat> um and, and that's kind of his bread and butter right there
0: interesting um yeah i you know it's uh, of course it's not a comparison i don't think that I've heard a ton because they don't look alike, right? He, right. You're, yeah. you're supposed to look like the guy that Jalen Rose is going to compare you to on draft night. Uh, for yeah. first.
2: <laughs> I, I, I think one, one of the most interesting things, I, I forgot where I read this anecdote, um, but look at when his father played in the league. It was when, you know, you kind of started to have these influx of, you know, European bigs who could shoot the ball. and I And I think, and I, I've always felt that, you know, Jabari's game was probably kind of molded after that because kind of, you know, when his dad was in the league, he kind of saw where, where things were going and what the trend was. Um, so I think that's why you probably see some of that Dirk, you know, in, in his game there. Do you know much about his,
0: <clears throat> um, like, high school career and kind of how it developed, how his prospect profile developed or when he grew, like... Was he was he always big? Was he a big who ended up sort of spacing his game out? Or did he hit that growth spurt? He was a point guard and then hit the growth spurt. Do you know sort of how um how he developed in and how his game developed?
2: I, I can't remember exactly. Um I, I want to say, you know, he because you know, Bruce Pearl always refers to him as a big guard instead right. of a you know, instead of a four or five or whatever position they wanted to put him at. Um, you know, I, I feel like he grew up more, you know, playing guard, and then kind of just hit that growth spur, and you know, kind of developed his game around that. But I couldn't tell you exactly when it happened. Um, you know, I, I know his junior year he was, you know, probably close to the size he is now because, you know, him him and Walker Kessler had a pretty memorable playoff uh matchup when Jabari was a junior, and Walker was a senior, uh-huh. um, and they and they just went toe to toe and put up ridiculous numbers that game and they, they they still look back pretty fondly on that game um uh when they played against each other but yeah I can't recall exactly when he hit that growth spurt though
0: are they pretty good buddies
2: yeah yeah um if I recall um so Walker was recruited heavily by Auburn out of high school um took an official visit there but then ultimately wound up at UNC um then Jabari came to Auburn uh obviously was committed to Auburn during Walker's uh, freshman year at UNC. Jabari was on campus at Auburn already, uh, I guess, early last summer. Um, And when Walker was in the transfer portal, I think uh, Bruce and his staff, you know, they were having a Zoom call with him. And uh, Jabari just kind of popped on screen and said, hey, let's go be great. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, basically talked to each other about just wanting to be the best backcourt in the country. Our front court in the country. I mean, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's hard. It, it, it'd be tough to argue against it when you have two All-Americans and the National uh, Freshman of the Year and the National Defensive Player of the Year in the same front court.
0: I'm sure Coach Pearl had nothing to do with that uh, that pop on screen. I'm sure it was not choreographed <laughs> at all. That's, right. that's Brilliant, brilliant. Last question, Coach Pearl. I mean, what's it like? The energy is is uh, is genuine, isn't it? I mean, he's like that when the cameras are off, Annie.
2: Yeah. I mean, he, he, he's a cult of personality. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's refreshing to, you know, have a coach that, you know, a is so open in the media and so accessible. I mean, you yeah, he, he, <laughs> know, there, there was a point earlier this summer where, uh, you know, a lot of these coaches, they go around to alumni events and stuff like that. And, you know, you know, do, do their talks, but a, a lot of us on the beat, you know, we go to these events too, because, you know, it's, Good time to talk to these guys in the offseason season when there's not you know scheduled availability all the time, yeah. and it it got to the point where uh, Bruce popped up at a couple that we weren't expecting him at, and he's like, "Do you guys want to talk to me?" And we're like, "Yeah, I mean, we'll we we'll always talk to you, but I I I don't know what we have to ask right now because just because you you are so open and so accessible, I mean, he just wants uh, to talk to you, Tom. He's bored himself. Yeah, yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, but you know he 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 lets us go to practice watch practice every day that we want um right. you know he's just really open he, he he's really fun to cover um you know obviously oh always entertaining um and you know he's one um and to, to do that at Auburn in the eight years he've been there i mean took took over what was arguably one of the worst jobs in the country at the time at least you know worst major conference job in the country at the time and to turn into what it has now where you're you know, winning conference championships. You're making the tournament regularly or, you know, you have final four aspirations um, and you're producing a potential number one pick <laughs> Um that it's really quite impressive what he's done.
0: This is basically, I mean, you had a Coro, but this, you know, getting Jabari that that's the top, that is the top. That's another box that you check uh, mm-hmm. a top, a top two or three pick. And basically all that's left, I think is, is the Natty? I mean, he's 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 basically checked every box so far. He's done a phenomenal job. I love watching him, and and Chuma uh, says such great things about him. And the last thing, um, do you do you expect to see him in Omaha? Would you be shocked if you if you came around the corner at the <laughs> ballpark
2: and there's Coach Pearl standing there? No, I mean I I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Um, mm-hmm. I mean I know they just started summer practices a couple of days. I was there out go. there yeah, on, the, on, the, on the on the first day on Wednesday, but I. I wouldn't be shocked if Auburn makes a run here and, you know, he, he, he pops up and makes an appearance. <laughs> yeah, it's the weekend. It's the weekend
0: coming up. Uh, Tom, thanks for taking the time. I know you're I know you slammed uh, up there in Omaha, but good stuff. We really appreciate it. We can do this again soon, uh, sometime, hopefully. Yeah, man. Uh, no problem. Glad to help. Absolutely. There he is. Tom Green, AL.com. Does a great job covering Auburn men's basketball. Cover him on Twitter. It's at Tomas underscore Verde. Jake Chapman here with you. It's been the Mostly Magic podcast, a deep dive into Jabari Smith Jr. Draft coming up next Thursday. We'll talk soon. Have a good one. And a big thanks again to both Tom and to Andy. Great insight on Jabari Smith Jr. And uh, very interested to see how this shakes out. The anticipation is killing me. A couple days before the NBA draft, again, it's going to be on Thursday night. um, And we will begin our NBA draft party Thursday night at Amway Center. Tickets are free, so come out, hang out with us. Uh, be with a bunch of Magic fans. We can find out who the Magic are taking number one overall. Head to orlandomagic.com for the details on that. And if you're not going to do that, make sure you check us out on 96.9 The Game, our annual draft show. Yours truly, Dante Marcatelli, David Steele, Bo Outlaw, your cast this year, and we'll be on the air at 7 o'clock on Thursday night. Jake Chapman here with you. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Jake Chapman. O M. Draft time coming soon. We'll talk to you after the NBA draft. Go Magic.